Podcast Answer Man, episode number 187. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you to take your next show to the very next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, you've been podcasting longer than me, we can all improve our show. I believe that wholeheartedly, and I believe that it is important that we do so to get our message out to the world, whatever that message may be. And today, I have a great show packed full of information for you. That's right, my friends. Here is a little bit of a rundown of some of the things that we are going to talk about today. Number one, what software did you use? do you use to queue up your audio clips, like the ones I just played for you just now and all the voicemails that I have? Uh, is there a difference between recording a podcast into a laptop versus a desktop computer? Peter called in with his story about how he's been trying to build his system, and boy, has he had a little bit of a runaround, and he wants to know what I think about his current microphone that he has. Uh, what are the benefits of using FeedBurner instead of using just the, the raw feed from WordPress? Uh, James asked for thoughts about a different approach uh, that he's been thinking about to give people an easier link to, so that they can find his show notes in a, in a little bit more uh, easy fashion. Uh, we'll talk about that. Dean called in to say how happy he is with his Heil PR40. He's going to talk about what he's using it for. Uh, what system do I use to back up all of my shows uh, as far as an online backup system? How do I uh, keep this stuff moving forward? Uh, without losing all the stuff that I've worked on over the last several years. Uh, I'm going to mention my webinar this weekend, and I want to tell you uh, why I think it's very cool and why I hope that you'll sign up for it. And also, I'm going to mention my results for my Black Friday digital product sale that I did uh, while I was on vacation. If any of that sounds interesting, well, this episode is for you, and it is all free just because I love you guys and I thank you for for checking this stuff out. And also, hopefully, it's a place for you to come and see, you know, the kind of information that I have to share. And perhaps you'll check out some of my digital training products over at podcastanswerman.com slash products. Or perhaps you might need some help uh, with some one-on-one consulting down the road. And that's why I do this show. But uh, I do love giving you guys uh, an avenue of getting access to information from me for free and I thank you for subscribing to the podcast. So, with all that being said, let's start off with our first call from Dean Soto. Dean, take it away. Hey Cliff, this is Dean Soto from the So Totally Business Savvy podcast, and I have a question which I know I've heard on your podcast, Answer Man podcast, uh, a while back, but I've scoured through, I think, just about all of them again, and I can't find it. And that is, I wanted to know what software you use uh, for your sound bites, the the problem that I'm running into right now is that I have a folder full of sound, uh, different sound bites, but it's hard to find them because, or you know, to execute them and so on because uh, Windows cuts out the text and you know it's not organized in the way that I would want them to be and so on. So if uh, if you can answer that, that'd be awesome. I also have a follow up question, uh, and that is, what do you think about using? different sound bites to break up 
um, podcasts. I know that uh, I've heard a lot of them do that right now. I'm just speaking through my entire podcast. Do you think that adds a lot of value? Do you think it's not worth it? Um, And so on. Uh, Let me know. Thanks so much for your advice and God bless. All righty. So the first thing I'm going to, I'm going to try to answer your first or your second question first, because if I don't, I'll forget that you asked the second question. But uh, so what do I think about um, shows that split things into segments with, with music in between them? I'm not opposed to it. I don't do it a lot. You, you listen to Podcast Answer Man, you don't hear me say, hey, we're going to move over into this segment or that segment. Um, you don't hear that on the Virtual Assistant podcast. You don't hear it on Help I Got a Mac. You don't hear it on Family from the Heart. You really don't hear it on hardly any of my shows. Although there were shows where I'd say, hey, um, you know, uh, let's see, we're going to now uh, talk about what's coming up on Lost. This isn't what was supposed to happen. It's going to happen. Don't you want to know? All right. So what's coming up on the next episode of Lost is this. And of course, if this was my Lost podcast, I would now actually just break down with you what we think is going to happen in the next episode. Of course, uh, now is the point in our show where we're going to turn to you guys and see what you had to say in our listener feedback section. Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure. Go ahead. Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Alrighty, and so now we, basically I would actually go into like, the, immediately into the first voicemail feedback. So, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to using these. Uh, why don't I do them in my other shows? If I had to ask myself, I think it's mostly because of the fact that, you know, creating those uh, jingles to go in between take a little bit of extra effort, time, energy and work to put them together. I believe that if you're going to do them, they should sound awesome. Uh, you do not want to just do, you know, uh, hey, and now we're going to talk about this. And then move. I mean, you don't want to have something super cheesy. You want to have something, I think, that just screams professionalism. Uh, there's only, to be honest with you, there's only one show that I subscribe to. One show that I subscribe to that uses jingles. And it's Father Roderick's uh, uh, show called The Break. And if you, you can find that over at sqpn.com. It's the only podcast I listen to that has uh, jingles in between. And he's had jingles in between ever since he started doing that podcast. And it's just something that I'm used to. And, and I, I, I don't know that I like it or don't like it. It's just something that I'm just used to. I, I, I don't have a preference one way or another. The only thing I do have a preference, though, is that if you are going to use jingles in the middle, make them entertaining, make them sound awesome, make them sound professional, and, and like you put some time and effort and energy into it. And the other thing is don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. Uh, you can you can really overdo some of these things. So hopefully that answers your question there. Now, as far as what do I use to queue up all of these audio clips? I mean, I'm you know at any time I could actually sit there and say uh, you know hey got some big huge news here we go. Okay, so you get the point. But I have I use a program called Soundbite. Now that's S O U N D B Y T E, and this is by a company called Black Cat 
systems. And that's can you can find that at um uh, I'll tell you what, the easiest way to find it is to go to podcastanswerman.com slash soundbite link. And that, again, podcastanswerman.com slash soundbite link. And that will take you over there. It's $39 and they do have a Windows and a Mac version of this software. I really like it. It's not beautiful. In, in fact, I think it's kind of ugly, but it's functional and it has never let me down. And so I'm I'm very happy with it. And I'm using it on my 27-inch iMac and, and absolutely love it. Uh, it does have an iPhone uh, uh, app that you can sync up and stuff like that. And you could actually, uh, even if the program is not in the foreground, uh, you have the ability to, to just tap on certain things and it will play it um, live for you. And, and, and it will do all kinds of stuff. It's, it's really cool. I don't use the app for whatever reason. In fact, now that the iPad has multitasking, uh, I wonder if it has the ability to stay open and I can switch back and forth to something else and then go back to it. If, if it does, maybe I need to reinvestigate that and, and in the future I'll let you know. If I forget to bring it up, just call me in uh, a voice message and say, hey Cliff, did you ever find out if that uh, iPad app works with multitasking? And and I'll get you that answer in a future episode. But um so Soundbite is what I'm using. By the way, if you're not looking to spend 40 bucks, which by the way, 40 bucks is not a bad price to invest into your podcast. Uh, but if you're looking for something free and you're on the PC, you could use podproducer.net. Now podproducer.net, that podproducer is a program that's used is meant to do a whole lot more than just queuing up audio clips, but to be honest with you, I think it's the only thing it's good at doing is queuing up audio clips. And it works, and it's just as functional, and and in some ways, it's actually prettier than Soundbite. Uh, but PodProducer doesn't work on a Mac, and uh, I'm so used to PodProducer now that I think that even if PodProducer worked on my Mac, I think I would still, I I think I would still use Soundbite. I don't know if I just said that, mixed that up there, but I think you get the understanding of what I'm saying. So, anyway, so that's what software I'm using on uh, my audio clips. I do remember the days back when I used to try to. Um, when I used to try to, you know, open up all those different QuickTime windows or Windows media files or whatever the other things. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I definitely going to Soundbite is, is my preferred method. There are several other options out there, that, but to be honest with you on the Mac, uh, Soundcart or Sound, I think it's called Sound Booth or anyway, I, I looked at all the other ones. I didn't like any of them. Um, as much as I like uh, Soundbite. The only thing I don't like about Soundbite is that it will not do um, a true uh, loop. It does not do a true loop. So, for example, he, let me go ahead and play this for you. This is my Twilight Saga loop. And, it, and it's gonna, in four seconds, it's going to loop. Did you hear how it stopped? It had that pause in there. And uh, that's not good. And in fact, I just noticed that uh, Time Machine is backing up and I get a little bit of a sound in here and I need to go into open Time Machine preferences and turn off my Time Machine. I keep forgetting to do that. Uh, I get a little bit of a, a little crazy noise in my system when I am doing a recording and 
having us that time machine back up to my external drive, which, by the way, backup we're going to talk about here in this episode. Anyway, so you heard that little thing there. Now, there is another program called Ubercaster. Um, I, I don't recommend buying it because I, if, if I'm not mistaken now, I could be completely wrong. And you'll want to look this up before before you take this as as the final word. But I've heard that the developer is no longer going to develop Ubercaster. But I, I've always just used the free version of Ubercaster, the, the demo version, it, it kind of lasts forever and ever, um, but it doesn't allow you, I mean, it, it, again, it is a program like Producer that is meant to do so much more than just queuing up audio clips. It's meant to be a full, you know, suite of uh, recording and everything. I don't use it for that. But here's, here's what this loop should sound like. And so uh, I'm gonna play this again. We've got five seconds, four, three, now listen right here. Three, two, one, now. Do you hear? I mean, it just it stays looping one right after another. So when we do the Twilight Saga fan podcast, when I do the Twilight Saga fan podcast, then um, it, it works. It works great. I, I pull up Ubercaster and I just let this do. Now, why don't I use I, I actually used Ubercaster before I was using Soundbite. And the reason why I went to Soundbite instead of using Ubercaster because um, it, it started, like if I left it open for a long period of time, it would kind of like start to hesitate and skip and, and stuff like that. And I just can't have that happening. And, um, it wasn't my, the, the lack of Ram. I, I can't remember how much Ram I have now. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll go in here and do my, about this Mac. I've got 12 gigs of Ram. So I certainly know it's not that, but I think the, the program's written in such a way that it has memory leaks in the way that it's written. And so I didn't like it as well. So, um, Ubercaster, it's functional. It definitely does looping very well. But when it comes to anything that's not a loop, then, which I only have one podcast that has a looping soundtrack. But uh, if it's not a loop, then I use Soundbite, and that's what I'm using. So, there you go. Uh, next question comes in from Sean Roberts. Sean, take it away, my friend. Cliff, this is Sean Roberts. I am an attorney and a listener to a lot of your material. This question is for the podcast Answer Man. I heard you make a reference, and I believe it was 184 or 185, about the difference between recording a podcast on a laptop and a desktop. And I'd never really thought much about that. I've done most of mine on a laptop because that's what I typically have available. Is there a, a difference? I mean, am, am I likely to get a lower quality product on a laptop or have more problems? Because if that's the case, I will probably try to make it work out so I do it on a desktop. I wasn't sure about that. If you could talk a little bit about that, I would appreciate it. Enjoy your show. And I also operate a little website if anybody wants to check it out, seanjroberts.com. And Sean is spelled S-H-A-W-N. I appreciate all your work, Cliff. Thank you. All right. You're welcome there. Uh, so, Sean, thank you for calling in. Is there a difference in audio quality between uh, recording into a laptop and a desktop computer? He's probably heard me talk about uh, a, a problem that happens more frequently in laptop recordings than in, than in desktop recordings. And that is a very bad kind of a, a ground um a uh, low DB sound or a little hum or a buzz or a hiss that comes into your recording. Uh, when when you're hooking your mixer and everything up back and forth uh, between your mixer, your recorder, and your laptop computer, uh, especially when you're using the laptop to bring in people via Skype, 
that I, I experienced on many on many different laptops uh, where you'd get this bzzz sound that you know really low in the back, but enough to be just completely annoying. In fact, uh, one of my clients, uh, Mark Carey, he was doing a uh, radio show. And and he brought in a laptop to kind of queue up some audio clips and stuff like that. And um, or actually, no, he was using it for Ustream. Anyway, the, the, he had the same issue. And so basically what happened is the, I, I found that if you unplugged the power supply and just ran on battery power, it got rid of that ground loop noise. Now, what I also learned is that in, in a majority of those situations, if you actually take take one of those little adapters where you plug in the three plug, you know the three plug prong or the three prong plug, uh, where it's got the you know your two AC things and it's got the ground plug at the bottom. You plug that into this little adapter and then it only has the two uh, electrical uh, prongs and you plug that into the wall so that there's no ground being plugged in. Uh, that seemed to alleviate it a majority of the time on those laptops. I don't necessarily see that happening as often on. Um, desktop computers. I don't know why that is, but uh, yeah. I, I um, and by the way, Daryl's actually in the chat room. He says he found that a ground loop isolator from Radio Shack also helps eliminate that noise. So um, go check that out. Go to Radio Shack and uh, and ask him about a ground loop isolator. I've not heard of one of those. Uh, and uh, my and, and what we're about ready to hear from Peter is is that going to a Radio Shack doesn't always help out when you're looking for podcast information, but uh, if you know what you're looking for, uh, then it, it definitely helps out as well. But anyway, so yeah, ground loop isolator. I'll have to look into that. But uh, Sean, really there's no difference. If you're not getting that low level hum or buzz when your laptop is plugged in, honestly, you're going to get about the same results recording into a laptop versus a desktop uh, personally, I hate recording into both, and you already know that about me. So I certainly would never recommend ever recording audio into a computer uh, or software. And if you need to know more about that, uh, just go start working your way backward. If you're a brand new listener to this podcast, just uh, start listening to this episode and work your way backward through the archives. Don't start at the beginning. It's a very bad mistake that you could uh, do to start from the beginning and listen forward because then what you're going to have is you're going to listen to stuff that I recorded two or three years ago and uh, I've changed my mind on some things since then. So anyway, uh, yeah, you'll if you listen backwards, I think it's only four, five, six, seven episodes back, you'll really hear my rant on uh, why I hate and despise recording into a computer for recording. All right, next up, we're going to hear Peter, who's going to share his story about trying to get help building his system. Uh, it's a little bit longer. By the way, I, d- I just want to say it is a little bit longer than what I like to receive here for Podcast Answer Man. If I can just let you guys know that if you could limit these calls to about two minutes or less, that would be very helpful to me. But uh, this one's here. This one's four and a half minutes. Uh, it's a little bit long, but. I am going to go ahead and play this one because I think that many of you out there probably are running into a lot of the things that uh, Peter's run into. So listen to this. Hi, Cliff. This is Peter from the ACIM Speaks podcast, and the website is from outoftheblue.com. First, thank you for the correspondence we've had so far. And for the audience, I'll just say I was reintroduced to you by the interview you did with Pat Flynn. I heard you speak in Tennessee at PodCamp 2009, and I think you were the highlight of the day there. Okay, now, about the mic situation. I am using this new 
used dynamic mic. It's the first recording I'm making, except for the practice ones I've done. It's an AKG D8000S, which I know nothing about except that it works. And I'll look it up later today when I get online. Even before you responded, I was mentally studying the images you have on your equipment page. And I noticed that the cables were all XLR to RCA with quarter-inch adapters. And thinking about amping the output, it occurred to me that I have a great stereo receiver amplifier, an Onkyo TXSV727 in its original box that I'm not using, and I have plenty of cables for that. So off I went to Radio Shack to buy an XLR to RCA cable, but they did not have it. I spent a long time pondering what they did have. And a side note, I did not bother to go back to the music store where I got the mic. When I left there the last time, I was told to go to Best Buy and get a gaming headset. And I was amazed at how unknowledgeable the salesperson was. And this was the manager of the store I was talking with. Anyway, at Radio Shack, they had a small mixer, but the thing didn't weigh as much as the three $10 bills it would have taken to buy it. So I wasn't even considering that particular device. Again, it was amazing how unknowledgeable the clerk there was, too. Before I left, I was told that the mixer would not amplify the signal, only mix sources. I didn't know much, but I kind of knew that it would produce a line-level signal that would work. They had other cables and adapters, of course, but I didn't want to go to all that expense for what would be a very temporary solution with the stereo. Radio Shack had a little package called a microphone XLR to USB adapter. Plus, if it worked, I could cable the headphone jack on the computer to the mic on the video camera. I already have a cable for that. Again, the clerk told me that this adapter wouldn't amplify the mic, but I knew that USB would change the signal, and while I didn't know for sure, I thought it might work. It turns out that it does work great. It's very simple. Plug the adapter into the mic, and there's a mini USB plug at the end, and it comes with the USB cable. The eighth inch to eighth inch cable to the camera will work, but it will take some experimentation to get that just right. Apparently, it only works through Audio Hijack Pro, which is okay with me. My question, if there is one, is about the mic itself. Do you hear a little buzzing at the mid-level, like glasses rattling on a glass shelf? I'm not sure if it's okay, if it's to be expected, or if it's a defect in the mic. I did hear something similar in the mic your co-host used on another one of your podcasts. Anyway, this is my next level. It's not my last level, but I think it's a major improvement in the audio quality for the podcast. I'll have to get used to the mic, improve my mic technique and vocal quality. I like the feel of this mic, though I realize it might feel heavy after a while. But I want to practice with a handheld mic and be like a cross between Mother Teresa and Chris Rock on YouTube.
<laughs> okay, thanks. Take care. That's an interesting cross there, uh, Peter. Thank you so much for calling in. And so, wow, there's a lot in there. Um, first of all, I can't really give you feedback on the quality of what I think about this microphone. I, I looked it up online. It's not one you can really find out there for sale anymore. looks just like a very inexpensive AKG dynamic microphone. And as far as I'm concerned, it, it, it's it, it's going to be sufficient just as long. I mean, I, I like the fact that it's dynamic versus condenser, but the audio quality is is not something I can judge for you because for some reason you're just, you're just not amplified enough. Uh, and people might be saying, well, well, gosh, Cliff, that was loud. It was just a lot of static. And the reason why there was a lot of static there is because I literally had to do a 25 decibel amplification on your recording just so that we could hear your feedback. In fact, I'm going to play for you, if you don't mind, I'm going to play just a, maybe uh, 10 or 15 seconds of what this originally sounded like. And by the way, I am not changing the volume level on my mixer at all. This is the original recording. Hi, Cliff. This is Peter from the ACIM Speaks podcast. I don't know if you can even hear him there. From out of the blue.com. So... Thank you for the correspondence. We've- so, so right there, that that is that's what it sounded like before. And like I said, I had to do a twenty-five decibel uh, amplification of your volume. Hi, Cliff. This is Peter from the to get you there. And so that static is not your microphone. That static is just that was the ground. I mean, you were right down there with the ground floor noise and um, uh, so the floor level noise. It, it, so I just had to amplify everything just to hear your voice. So I can't tell you what I think about your mic. I'm sure. With your dynamic microphone, it's it's going to be good enough just because it's dynamic. It's not. I, I, if if anybody's out there looking for an inexpensive dynamic mic, I I really recommend going no less than a Shure SM58 mic. I, you can pick them up between ninety nine to one hundred nine dollars, uh, and and that would be my recommendation as the as the least expensive mic that I personally recommend. Um, so. Uh, let's see here. I, I do want to say a couple things here. First, I, I don't understand where you saw an XLR to RCA microphone adapter on my uh, on my site anywhere. I, I definitely do not recommend taking microphones into your mixer using a, a an X, XLR to RCA adapter. Uh, and if you happen to be taking that microphone. Uh, that you have, and and go, now you mentioned something about getting a USB adapter and recording into your computer, <clears throat> but if you are by chance going from XLR to RCA and bringing that into your mixer, that would explain why your your audio levels are way too low. Um, no, you need a you need to have a mixer that has an X, preferably an XLR port at the top of it that has a preamp built in. Now, even some, even most of the cheapest mixers out there, like a Behringer 802 mixer, uh, that mixer alone is only, I don't know, well, it's not expensive. Just go out and do a Behringer, that's B-E-A-R-I-N-G-E-R, it's like B-E-H-R-I-N-G-E-R, uh, 802. Just do a Google search or Amazon search for it. You'll find it real cheap. That that mixer will have um, two XLR inputs and it will have um, preamps built into it. So what I suggest that you do is you go and get XLR to XLR, just a standard XLR mic cable. So you're going to plug in the male XLR or no, the female end of the cable into your microphone and then you're going to take the male end of the cable and plug that into the female end of your you know receptacle on the mixer and that is going to amplify the audio from that mixer and so 
Um, that that's the way you want to hook it up. Definitely, you do not see anything for, um, XLR to RCA on my on my setups at, at all. I do use some um, RCA to one quarter inch adapters, but that's for bringing in audio from other sources. You know, like for example, bringing my audio from my 27 inch iMac for queuing up audio clips. I've got a little one eighth inch plug plugged into the headphones jack or speakers jack on the back of the iMac. And then I bring that in. On the other end of that cable are two RCA plugs and they plug into those little adapters. Uh, I, I really encourage anybody who's looking for equipment advice uh, just to get an overall, a big picture of how everything's all hooked up, definitely go to podcastanswerman.com slash studio setup. That's what I would suggest. Podcastanswerman.com slash studio setup. And I have an entire uh, video tutorial that is two hours in length, and it is by far something I believe that every podcaster who is who is looking for advice on equipment that they should buy that. Um, it's it's very inexpensive, uh, and especially when you consider that people normally pay me one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. If you look at the price on it, you'll say, "Wow, that's a good bargain," and most people have so. Anyway, hopefully that helps out. By the way, your experience going into these guitar centers, music, musician shops, and and even Radio Shack, these people don't know very much about podcasting, and uh, and, and certainly it was the result of me buying a lot of gear that didn't work. I have I have entire cabinets full of equipment that is just sitting there gathering dust because, well, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And uh, that's one of the things I love doing about what I'm doing now is I help people avoid uh, buying the wrong stuff. And and so there you go. All right, we're going to move on next. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Chris who wants to know about the benefits of FeedBurner. Hey, Cliff. This is Chris from the Smart Show podcast with a question for the podcast answer man. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for your webinar that you offered over the weekend, the In the Studio and Workflow seminar. That was Awesome. Thank you very much. Got a lot of information out of that. My question today pertains to RSS feeds, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought the benefits were to using FeedBurner versus just taking the raw URL that comes out of your WordPress blog. Um, FeedBurner must do something in addition to just taking that raw feed. I'm not sure what those benefits are. I tried um, using FeedBurner before. I was testing out to see how it looked because I'm trying to move off of Podcast Maker to eliminate that step. Um, but I noticed that like the show description uh, through FeedBurner takes some characters like commas, apostrophes, and puts ampersands and other strange characters in the in the notes, and I don't like that at all. Um, and it also leaves out the um, the show duration, like 54 minutes or something, from the iTunes listing where that information can be populated. Um, I believe I saw that was the case even with some of your submissions with Podcast Answer Man until recently. I just went in and took a look, and your show description uh, in iTunes uh, for each show looks pretty clean now. And as of, you know, six or seven episodes, I'm starting to see that you've got the show durations listed in iTunes, whereas, you know, the back catalog is missing that information. So I'm wondering how you got around this and did you crack this code somehow? I'm interested to know your feedback. Thanks a lot for your help and thanks for all the information you offer us. It's awesome. Thanks. Bye. Chris, thank you so much for your question. And as far as the apostrophes and stuff like that, there you're absolutely right. There, there are, you, you use some apostrophes and some other 
things in your code. Uh, just in the way things are transferred from one coding to the next, um, you can get a couple funny characters and stuff put in there. I just make sure that I never use apostrophes in any of my titles. Uh, and and as far as the description and stuff, I'm not really concerned about that <clears throat> in iTunes, but because it's usually just the first few lines of uh, description that really show up to most people anyway. But yeah, I, I certainly make sure that I never use apostrophes in my show titles. If a matter of fact, you, if you look at my show titles, you'll you'll find that sometimes when an apostrophe would be appropriate, it's still not there. And, uh, and, and that's intentional. Now, as far as the benefits, why use FeedBurner over using the raw feed from WordPress? Well, first of all, the raw feed from WordPress does not include your iTunes uh, listing information. Uh, so, for example, uh, it's not going to have your show artwork that's going to put into your RSS feed. It's not going to have your iTunes category for, for really optimizing your effectiveness of being discovered in the iTunes store. Uh, and it's not going to have the required explicit tag or, you know, yes, no, or whatever uh, in the iTunes store. And so basically the, the the raw feed from WordPress is simply not iTunes friendly. Uh, now, is it sufficient to actually have people su- subscribe directly? They take the RSS feed right from your site and plug that into your, to their iTunes and they could subscribe? Yes, that will work perfect. However, you submit that to to iTunes and you're going to run into some issues. Um, and so that that's one reason. Uh, the the so Feedburner will do that. Now of course there's a there are many there are several plugins out there that will take your WordPress feed and make it iTunes uh, ready. Uh, the more the only one that I, w- I the only one that I would come close to recommending is PowerPress. And in fact, I'm using PowerPress now, uh, but I'm not I'm not letting it enhance all of my feeds and and other other stuff. Um, but I do use it for for my enclosures because that's where you're running into an issue with your show lengths. You're saying that the show du- durations aren't showing up when you're using FeedBurner. Well, that has nothing to do with using FeedBurner. That has some everything to do with um, the way your your enclosures are set up inside of um, your your settings. So what you, you're going to need to do is, is make sure that if you're using KG Enclosure Flex, which is a plugin that I used to recommend a, a whole lot, um, it stopped working with one of the recent upgrades to uh, WordPress. Um, it didn't stop working for everybody, but it stopped working for me and some of my clients. And I recognize that it, I mean, it, it still works. I mean, it still delivers an enclosure and it still uh, sends it out to FeedBurner and still sends it out to everybody in iTunes. The only thing is, is it just doesn't have that duration anymore. And the another thing is, is I wanted to use a an application on Facebook called uh, RSS Graffiti, which gives my RSS feed or my news feed a player every time it pulls off a podcast episode off of my website. But it, it was actually... KG Enclosure Flex was actually telling it that it was a text enclosure instead of a media file enclosure. And so it wasn't giving my RSS graffiti a player on Facebook. And that's what really alerted me to the fact that there must be something going on. And that's when I realized that, wait, somewhere down the line, um, KG Enclosure Flex stopped putting the size of the file and uh, the appropriate listing of what type of media file this is in the enclosure. And that's when I actually stopped using um, 
the KGN Closure Flex. I did install Blueberry plugin, and I'm only using that for media enclosures. I'm not even using it for the uh, audio player personally, and I'm not using it for my feeds. I'm still using FeedBurner. So again, going back to your original question, what are the benefits of FeedBurner? Why do I still use it, even though uh, Blueberry could do it for me? Well, the thing is, is Blueberry's here today. And uh, I, I've said this many times, I really like the folks over at Blueberry. I, I like Todd Cochran, and I really like uh, Angelo Mandato. Angelo Mandato is a good friend, and uh, he's actually the guy who designed PowerPress, the plugin. In fact, a lot of the things that are in the latest one, uh, I think he he basically he took a lot of the uh, advice that I had given to give people the option and the ability and the functionality of of doing multiple shows and 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 uh, some other things. So so I I really love the folks over there at Blueberry. But the thing is, is if you look back at the history of plugins, all inclusive podcast plugins, it's not a good history. Um, you know, PowerPress or not PodPress. Uh, was a great plug-in for the long time, but it did things in a really weird way, and, and when it didn't work, it broke everything, and and that that was really frustrating for a lot of people out there, and uh, led to me led me to a lot of business, but it, you know I hated making money just because people couldn't do anything otherwise. I, I you know it, it was it was really frustrating. Now PowerPress, I will say, is built in a way that if PowerPress went if if Blueberry and PowerPress went away tomorrow. Um, you know, the, all the shows that you currently have set up will continue to work just fine. The only thing is, is here's the thing. And and again, this is, this is really, really weird for me to say, especially how much I love the folks over at Blueberry. But if Blueberry decides to go out of business, Angelo decides to quit working on this plugin and it goes away and we go to WordPress 4.0 and all of a sudden, it, it the the plugin just somehow no longer works with the RSS feed that that WordPress um, is work you know has, and 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 now it, the that plugin's no longer working. So the iTunes compatibility, the iTunes extra stuff, is no longer working. Well, now guess what? We need to find another plugin to replace it. Well, FeedBurner is is a service that. You know, is owned by Google, and 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 my history with Google is that Google does pretty good most of the time. I I I pretty much most of my business relies on Google. I use Google Calendar, never have I had a problem with them. I use Google Apps for my email, never have I had a problem. I mean, have I ever had an issue where my service is down for twenty minutes? Uh, maybe once or twice in the last five years. So. Uh, I'm very happy with Google. I'm ve- I was very delighted when Google purchased FeedBurner. Uh, it was I think it was the coolest thing in the world, and and so I I'm very delighted with with FeedBurner services. Now the benefits of FeedBurner is that it's owned by Google. Uh, it is you basically take your RSS feed from anywhere, and you can convert it over to an iTunes compatible or podcast compatible RSS feed very easily. And then you actually get, you can actually give the world your feeds.feedburner.com slash PAM is the podcast uh, answer man feed. Now, they even have a an extra service called My Brand. I believe it's called My Brand. If you want to, you can go through all the steps of actually setting a, what we call, I think it's called an A record or something like that, that will forward it over so that, you know, you could do like uh, feed.podcastanswerman.com and that forwards over to the feed burner feed and 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 basically 
you can control it that way. And that way you're not giving out another, you know, if for some reason feed burner went away, you could still put something else on that server and, and kind of maintain it that way. I don't see any problem with FeedBurner going away. I've never used my brand. I've always been happy and, and felt very confident with FeedBurner. I hope that I'm never proven that that's a bad decision. But, um, you know, it, so far, uh, I've been using it since uh, 2006. Uh, I've been using, actually, maybe even all the way back to 2005. Uh, but I've been using FeedBurner for five years and absolutely love their service. Uh, the very cool thing is, is that there have been many times when I've taken the the lost podcast that is you know five, over five years old and uh, well so coming up on five years old, uh, and that show has had many different homes on the web, many many different WordPress installations. It started out at ravenscraft.org slash podcast, um, and that that was where it was at, and then it was uh, gspn.tv slash something else, and. The, and, and and so the actual RS the raw RSS feed from feed, from uh, WordPress has changed from time to time because I've changed the URL. Matter of fact, I'm, oh I know what it was. It was generally speaking podcast.com slash whatever the RSS feed was, and then it changed again to GSPN. The thing is, is with FeedBurner, I've never had to notify a single listener to change their RSS feed because all I do is I go into FeedBurner. And I tell it to say, hey, the original feed used to be over here at Blogspot, but now it's over here at this. And this is where you need to go pull. This is the new original raw feed that I need you to, to turn into a podcast feed for me. The thing is, is everybody subscribed to the FeedBurner feed. And so uh, they, they're, they're going to continue to get that feed. I absolutely love FeedBurner. It's the way that I would recommend going. And, uh, and, and I hope that helps answer that question. If you have further questions on it, Feel free to let me know. Next up, we got James who has a, he, he's thought of a new way of, of maybe uh, telling his listeners how to find show notes for various shows back in the archives. James, take it away. Hey, Cliff. James Dibbon here with the Blue Collar Radio Network. I have a question for the podcast answer man. Got an idea here because I'm finding a lot of my fans are struggling trying to find show notes. They're finding me now, and I've got 24 episodes completed and uh, of the Blue Collar Business Podcast. And uh, so I'm getting emails going, I can't find the show notes for episode 7. And so I know that it's nice to use Pretty Link to create some custom URLs, but I'm having a hard time what little creative URL I created for some of those episodes. So what I've done is I've gone back and I've come up with uh, Blue Collar Radio Network. I have a short version of that URL, which is bcrn.tv, kind of like you're doing like gspn.tv. So anyway, um, what I'm doing is I'm taking each episode of uh, the Blue Collar Business Podcast, which is BCBP, is like the short version of that. So episode seven would be bcrn.tv slash bcbp7. And so I'm doing that with all my shows. And I wonder if you've ever thought of trying to do that or, you know, if there's some if that's a bad idea, maybe you can think of a reason not to do that. But you could do that at gspn.tv slash PAM 130 and would take people straight to episode 130. And I think that if I do that and then start putting that out um, during the show going, hey, today's show show notes can be found at bcrn.tv slash bcbp25 
And then you just say that right at the outset of the show and maybe at the end too and get people trained. And I'm maybe even going to do a video on the website of a, a screencast and show people how to change the URL right above to find the show notes thereafter. So anyway, let me know what you think about that. Love the podcast answer, man. I'm at episode 140. I started at the beginning just to grab every bit of information I can. Um, and I'm actually listening both directions. So appreciate you taking the time to answer this question. All right, James, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, certainly go for it. Tell us how it works. Uh, you know, give it about three or four months. Call us back. Let us know how your audience has responded. Do you see, do you, do you get some feedback from people saying that, hey, this has been very helpful, very easy? I know this is something that Leo Laporte has done uh, for his shows. Um, and, and it's very easy to do. Now, the thing is, is man, you, you gave a whole mouth, mouthful of, you know, B, C, B, something, three. There's a lot of things in there. You know, it's, I know that you have a network just like I have gspn.tv. You know, man, if you had a single, po- like, for example, Podcast Answer Man, this is episode number, what, 187. So it'd be great if you could just go to podcastanswerman.com slash 187. That would be awesome. Now, do I have the ability to do that? Yes. Am I going to do that? Probably not. Um, because, number one, I just don't see finding episodes that that difficult. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I could definitely see the value in it. Now, if I were going to do it, if I, if I decided I was going to go, you know, hey, I want you to go back and check out episode number 67. It was a long, long time ago. But all you need to do is go to podcastanswerman.com slash 067. All right. Now, if I was going to do that, I would not actually change the permalink or the actual URL structure of that episode. I would still want this episode to be, uh, to be podcastanswerman.com slash 187 hyphen podcast hyphen answer hyphen man hyphen episode hyphen title uh you know i i want the whole title to be in the url because i that really helps you with your google juice and and everything else and keyword searches when people are looking for you in google however you can use a service called pretty link and pretty link is a plugin that you can use to say okay i want i want to go in and i want you know, this long URL, this, you know, podcastanswerman.com slash 187 hyphen, you know, that whole long episode URL, plug that in. And then you actually say, listen, I want, whenever somebody goes to podcastanswerman.com slash 187, point them to this. And that's adding a pretty link. And so there you could do it that way, but it would be a manual entry after you're doing it. That's something I could probably have my virtual assistant do for me. You know, 187 episodes, it wouldn't take forever for that to happen. But it's a little bit more work. And to be honest with you, I've never had anybody really say to me, and I've been doing podcasting for five years now, and not once have I ever had somebody say, you know, I'm having a really difficult time finding this particular episode. It's just not happened to me yet. And so... Uh, you know, if, if you're having a hard time finding episodes, do let me know. Uh, but at this point, I've not had it. But I think it's a great idea, James. And I thank you for sharing it. And hopefully, uh, that that is something that is uh, very interesting to those of you out there. All right. So next up, we got a call in from Dean. This is what Dean had to say. 
Hello, Cliff. This is Dean, and I just wanted to drop you a brief message and thank you for all the great work that you're doing on the podcast, Answer Man. And uh, I had previously bought a condenser mic and was not having good luck with it. Uh, The room was sounding like I was in a tunnel. You could hear every movement uh, that I was making, the keyboard, the mouse, you know, writing with a, a pen was just driving me nuts. Uh, but then I listened to your podcast on the, the importance of a great mic and the recommendation to buy a Heil PR40. I've since bought that microphone, and that's what I'm currently talking on now, and it just sounds great. I'm not an expert in audio, but uh, it's made a huge difference. Uh, the company I work for, we teach a lot of webinars online, and uh, we were previously just using phones. To, to communicate in the webinars over their, through their system, and that was not uh, allowing us the flexibility and the, all the things we wanted to do. So we've gone with a mixer and a good set of mics, and it's making the difference. I think uh, I think good audio is extremely important in webinars. So anyway, I just wanted to thank you again for all your hard work. Uh, you're doing a great job on your show. Keep it up, and I look forward to listening to additional episodes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dean. I really appreciate the feedback and I'm so glad you're liking the Heil PR40. In fact, if anybody's interested in hearing a little bit more about the Heil PR40 and how it ranks with other shows, uh, and by the way, here you go, James. This is how I tell you to do it. Go to podcastanswerman.com slash Heil PR40. And again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash Heil P... And that's H-E-I-L, by the way. H-E-I-L. So that's podcastanswerman.com slash H-E-I-L-P-R-4-0. And of course, that takes you straight to episode number 46. Now, I did shorten that URL down to just the Heil PR40 because that's a huge search term in uh, in Google. And of course, I do sell that microphone. I have You can buy that microphone individually or with the boom arm or with everything. You, there's, there's some uh, stuff there on the site if you want to purchase it right from the website, but also you can hear a demonstration in episode 46 of Podcast Answer Man, uh, where you hear the power of the Heil PR40. Alrighty, um, I'll tell you what, let me, since you did mention uh, webinar, I want to bring up the fact that I am doing a massive webinar tomorrow, and uh, that webinar is going to be how I do webinars and turn them into a digital product, all right? Digital products. So basically, I'm going to do my step-by-step process of of how I come up with ideas for webinars, um, and then you know what are the process of setting up the webinar, you know, event registration, uh, collecting payments from everybody, making sure they're in my go-to webinar. Uh, what's my checklist before I get started? What do I do as soon as I'm getting ready to record? How do I record? How do I turn that into video, digital video tutorials with high-quality audio? Uh, and then how do I put that on my web, you know, wh- what am I doing to put that on my website? And then how do I actually sell that information? You know, how do people buy this and how do they get access to it? Um, I'm going to be sharing that for you. And I- I'll tell you right now, I guarantee you, I've had people pay me more than $300 for this information and you can get it for one third that cost if you just go to podcastanswerman.com ASAP and get over there and register for the webinar before it's too late because it's this Saturday. Now, here's the deal. If you cannot make it this Saturday, go ahead and sign up 
and you will get the video, high quality HD video and high quality audio from my high OPR 40, you will get that within one week of the show being, of the webinar being recorded. So even if you can't make it live, go ahead and sign up. And by the way, I want to let you guys know, um, I did a test. I, I've, I've, I wondered, you know, with this Black Friday thing, I've never participated in Black Friday. I've never gone out the day after Thanksgiving and shopped for things. Uh, but I decided, you know, hey, I've, I've got all these digital products. Go over to podcastanswerman.com slash products. Go check it out. I, I spent a ton, let me tell you, I've spent so much of my life <laughs> this year building that. Uh, and, and, and so much more of the next year is going to be building that even further. But uh, go to podcastanswerman.com slash products. I have tons of valuable stuff where people normally pay me $150 an hour for consulting one-on-one. And I'm telling you, it's a fraction of the cost, a fraction of the cost of hiring me one-on-one for the information that I do have available in video tutorials. So check that out. But here's the deal. I decided to do a Black Friday sale. And I gave 25% off for over the course of a two-day period of time, Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday. So only within 40, you only had 48 hours. Oh my gosh. I am not kidding. It blew my mind. We made, and by the way, I was in, I was in Tennessee on vacation with my family throughout the entire time. In those two days, I made over $2,000 in income over $2,000 in income in in 48 hours, and I was blown away. My friends, Black Friday, offering a big discount, huge. And by the way, I wanna say thank you to each and every one of you who purchased a digital product for me. You made my vacation. Matter of fact, I was so relaxed, so so laid back, and so unplugged. I mean, the only thing that I was plugged into, I, I sent out a couple tweets while I was out, and um, and and I just literally heard my phone go ching 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 ching. And every time I heard my phone go ching, and then I get a push notification from the PayPal uh, application that tells me how much money was just deposited. I was just like. Wow. And and it was the first time I went on vacation where I wasn't like, oh man, I you know, I, I'm I'm taking four days off and 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 man, I, I just I'm it, it's the end of the month. It's you know, here it is. There's only a couple days left in the month, and man, am I gonna have enough money at the end of the month to pay the bills? And I did not have that fear, I did not have that anxiety this time. It was so nice to be just relaxed and to know that wow things are still moving forward and and I'm able to enjoy this time with my family and I'm praying and I'm hoping that this is just a sign of what the future has for me uh, moving forward uh, in 2011 because I, I, you know, I've put in five years of 12 to 14 and sometimes 16 hour days, uh, six days a week. And, and you know what, I, I don't mind working, I love working, but man, I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing these digital products become a, a, even more of a focus moving forward. And uh, so I want to say thank you. And by, my, by the way, seriously, if you want to learn how I'm creating these things, um, a step-by-step tutorial, definitely sign up for the webinar on webinars and how I create digital products. Go to podcastanswerman.com as soon as you can and RSVP for that. If you happen to be listening to this after the fact, 
you can email me and I'll see if I can't get you into the access after afterwards. But man, if you could get it beforehand, it really helps me because I, I, I do usually for the, you know, usually about three or four days afterwards, if somebody emails me and says, oh man, I really wanted that. Can I still get access to the recordings? I do set that up, but man, it's it's a manual process and, and it's a lot of extra work. I don't mind doing it. I mean, obviously I'm getting paid for it, but but uh, really, at that time, I'm I'm really eagerly working on uh, the post production of those videos and getting it all online for the people who did pay ahead of time. So again, I would love it if you guys sign up for it. So with uh, with all of that said, I do still have uh, four minutes left. Let me see what backup system do I use. Is fifty seconds? Yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Hi, Cliff. This is Adam. I am a new listener to your podcast, Answer Man Podcast, and I've been going through your old shows and your old show notes trying to find an answer to this question myself, but I haven't been able to find it. So if you've answered it once already, I do apologize. I was curious to find out what solution you're using for off-site backup of your podcast files. It sounds as though you're perhaps using Libsyn to host the files, but I know based, I would imagine based on your comments about recording to multiple output sources so that you avoid losing files that you in fact store them in many places as well and I was curious what system you use and if that was an automated process that automatically backed everything up or if you do that at the end of each show just curious of how that workflow works for you thank you very much in advance alrighty thank you so much for the question uh, Adam and to be honest with you I have multiple backups. well first and foremost I want to say that you know, all 2,300 ep- plus episodes that I've recorded in the last five years. And no, I did not misspeak that. More than 2,300 individual episodes of my own online in the cloud. Most of them with, almost all of them with Libsyn. Uh, several of them over still on the talkshoe.com servers. Um, and pr- praying that nothing ever happens to them, but that's okay because I have all 2,300 plus episodes here on my local hard drive. I also use Time Machine on my iMac to back up to an external drive, and I also use a service called Backblaze. You can go to gspn.tv slash backblaze, B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E. Uh, it's $5 per month per computer. It's totally awesome. And it backs up. I, I have literally h- hundreds of, uh, of multiple hundreds of gigabytes. I almost, I would say I'll probably get close to a terabyte by the end of next year. Uh, online backed up with Backblaze. It's only $5 a month. So I have online in the cloud. I have external in, you know, in studio on an external drive, local hard drive on my, um, on my iMac. And I also have um, everything up in the cloud as well. So, and not to mention the fact that there are literally 60,000 people around the world that are downloading episodes. And a lot of those people, uh, are archiving. There's some people who just keep download and keep every episode that they ever downloaded. So, uh, I have heard some podcasters who lost everything and they were able to get their archives back from their audience. So, interesting stuff but yeah i definitely suggest backing up multiple places definitely online and i do love backblaze gspn.tv forward slash backblaze hey next week i'm going to give you a brand new place where you can go and uh get some audio files for your theme music for your show uh thanks to my good friend chris i'll share that in the next episode and uh passive income a bunch of people were talking about that here they said man i would love to get some passive income going 
I have a passive income strategy for podcasters, uh, digital product for sale. It is a tutorial that is two hours in length. Me and Pat Flynn work together on it. It is absolutely out of this world. In fact, it is one of the reasons why my business has earned as much money as it has earned this month. Twice, or actually no, I'm now triple the amount of money in previous months as a result of the inspirations there. And uh, encourage you to check it out. I mean, even if you're just starting out, there are some things you can do to put some things in place to to help you out in the future. Again, I'm going to uh, point you over to podcastanswerman.com slash products. If you enjoy this podcast, one of the ways you can help me to continue to bring this free episode to you week after week after week, hire me for one-on-one consulting or buy some of my training products. I would love it. God bless you all. We'll be back next week. Until next time, I encourage you to join the community. 